working with the United Negro College Fund for 14 years now. I guess you would say I'm a professional beggar, but that's okay. Uh, that's, that's what we do uh, in fundraising. The other thing is I like to win. And that's not to say that I haven't had failures, but when I did, I learned from them and mastered the art of success by studying the details, gaining whatever knowledge I needed, and strategizing to be successful in life. You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be a driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant and executive coach and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. Welcome back. And this is the last episode of 2019. By the time I get to the next episode, it will be 2020. Isn't that exciting? I find that so exciting. In this episode, I wanted to do a couple of things. One is I have a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous guest for you. Someone who works in education, works to support black, young black people having the education that they need and want and supports black historical black colleges too through her work this is an organization that i am gonna have three different women over the next few weeks from this organization sharing their experiences so i'm really excited about that because i believe so strongly in education but i i also believe that we should have access to education and people should have access to education without getting into huge amounts of debt and this is an organisation that is enabling young black people with doing that, as well as supporting historical black colleges. So I'll leave it there for now, and then I'll tell you more about my guests. I'm so excited about this series that I've got with these three women, as they, you know, I'll be sharing over the next few weeks. Um, and we're starting with uh, Therese today. So I'm excited about that. I'll tell you more about her. I want to just do a big shout out to let you know that I am now doing Facebook Lives on a Monday at one o'clock. Facebook Live on a Monday at one o'clock CT. That's 2 p.m. ET. That's 11 p.m. PST. And um, so that you can tune in and we can catch up around some of the themes around She's Got Drive. I'm in this series right now around, you know, what does it mean to live your life by design and not default? I say that every week on the podcast so I wanted to explore what that means for us and uh, so I'm doing that work on the Facebook live and I'm also going to start doing Instagram lives as well uh, so tune into that um, and look out for that if you can't tune in at the time you know obviously you can watch it afterwards you know so you know check out the she's got drive Facebook page and you will find it there the link is in the show notes Okay, so my guest is Therese Badon, who has been employed with UNCF since 2005. She currently serves in the role of Vice President of Development and is responsible for overseeing an annual revenue goal of $19 million. Before coming to UNCF, she served as the Executive Director of the Alumni Relations and Annual Giving. And she has also served as a banking officer at the Capital One Bank, where she was she worked there for 12 years. 
Following Hurricane Katrina, she had the privilege of working with two former U.S. presidents, that's Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton and President Bush, on the Wave of Hope campaign in 2005 that generated more than $4 million to support seven damaged colleges and universities along the Gulf Coast. She's been honoured in 2008 and 2014 as one of New Orleans Business Women of the Year. And she's also received the 2014 Role Model Award from the Young Leadership Council and numerous other awards and recognition for her work in the community. You're going to love this interview. She's amazing. She has some powerful messages about, particularly about our ability to control our own destiny and to have a say in how our life goes. I give you Therese Badon. Okay, Therese, thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on She's Got Drive. Oh, you're more than welcome. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to be able to sit down with you today and to start to learn more about you, your work, the important work that you're doing, and just kind of how you got to to be as a successful businesswoman and and leader that you are in the education space. So... Uh, let's let's start with you sharing with our listeners what do you do first mm-hmm. where do you do it and and then we want to get into how did you get into this work well wonderful and again thank you Shirley for having me on your podcast here it's always a wonderful opportunity to share with women around this country about what we do, why we do it, why it's important, who it affects, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned, I'm Therese Badon. Um, I live in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I have the wonderful opportunity of serving as the vice president of development for the United Negro College Fund, known as UNCF. Um, I've been in this um, space for about here at UNCF. So uh, working with uh, the United Negro College Fund for 14 years now, and um, I guess you would say I'm a professional beggar, but that's okay. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's what we do uh, in fundraising. We really uh, work to make certain that we are successful in, um, in raising money to support our cause. In this uh, case, it is to support our historically black colleges and universities and our students um, to get them to and through college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, like I mentioned, I've been in this arena for 14 years now. Uh, I am a mother. Mm-hmm. I am a wife. I should say I'm a, I'm a wife first. I'm a wife mm-hmm. <laughs> and a mother. Uh, I've been married for over 25 years now. Wow. Uh, we I have a lovely son, my husband and I, Aiden, who's eight years old. And as you can imagine, at this point, you know, everything revolves around Aiden and we're in Aiden's world to make certain that he's afforded the wonderful opportunities that my husband and I have been afforded. So um, we are excited as parents um, and excited for the outcomes that are out there for him and making certain that he's prepared and ready to enter into this world. Right. So um Yeah, so that's the space that I'm in. Uh, I've been into fundraising for over 20-something years in total because I started out, uh, as you would have it, uh, in uh, banking uh, for many years. And then after working 12 years in banking, I decided, you know what? 
it's time to do something different and more meaningful, which led me to my career in fundraising. Um, you know, I saw a newspaper ad for an alumni relations um, director mm-hmm. uh, position at my alma mater while I was working in banking. And I had no idea uh, what the position entailed, but I thought, hmm, maybe I will would inquire about this position. So I applied along with about 30 other candidates. And I was told that I, you know, wowed the panel, even without having fundraising experience. So what's important to note here is, although I didn't have fundraising experience, Mm -hmm. I did have superior customer service, people skills, and the ability to, you know, attract people and keep them focused and and make them feel like they're important and um, a friend, really, upon contact. And that's mostly really what fundraising is all about. It's it's friend raising because we know that people give to people. Uh, so naturally, I love connecting with people. So this was a perfect fit for me. And so I've been in this arena for quite some time wow. um, fundraising. That's incredible. So there's, there's so much there I don't want to kind of get into. <laughs> um, and I really appreciate you sharing about your son as well, you know, and um, and your commitment around obviously around your son and what and what you're up to because I do believe that we are raising leaders in the world you know that's right that's um, right and that we need to also pay attention to what is it that they need as we as we raise our children so thank you for that um so when you so it, it so you started out in finance you and you can see the connection finance and then fundraising, you know, in, in terms of what it's, it's to do with money. But you, one mm-hmm. of the things that you said was, because I think fundraising is always seen as a challenging um, role, you know, for an organization that really depends on um, giving in order to, to do its work. So mm-hmm. you said it's about, would you say about developing friendships? That's right. Or relationships, and that's that's where your strength is. So, how, when you went into that role, how did you know that you had landed in a place where it really was working for you? Because you said it was new. And then, Mm -hmm. what are the, and what is your, what is your current fundraising target? Because I think that people will be like, oh my God, how do you even begin to raise that kind of money? So yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I want to, cause I want to, I want people to be aware of what your challenges mm-hmm. you know, each year, what's your goal. And then right. how do you go about getting that goal? Mm-hmm. Well, just so you know, I am currently, uh, when I started with UNCF, I started out as an area development director, which meant that I was over, um, you know, a, a couple of uh, markets uh, in New Orleans as the area development director. Uh, and then I was promoted to a regional development director where I, where I actually managed uh, several uh, area offices uh, around the country. Okay. And then... Uh, I was promoted to vice president of of development where I'm responsible for uh, overseeing um, eight offices with um, 26 employees. And currently I have a fundraising goal. My goal used to be 19 million uh, when I used to oversee um, California um, and Seattle markets. Mm -hmm. But um, now I have a fundraising goal of $12 million every year. 
that has to be raised. And and as you see at UNCF, we're a small, uh, a large organization doing uh, uh, with small staff, but yeah. doing great, great things um, because uh, some people find it impossible. Uh, I get calls all the time. Tell me how in the world are you raising $12 million a year in this, during this time, you know, in our country, um, you know, right. when, um, you know, right. corporations are really cutting back uh, uh, on their gifts and, you know, people are beginning to be more strategic. But what we what we do at UNCF is just make it known to people that without education, without an educated society, we cannot survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not able to 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 help corporations thrive because we will not have an educated society of people. So education is so important uh, on so many levels right. because it gives people hope. Uh, many of our students across the country are first-time uh, graduates in their families. So it gives the students and, 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 and uh, siblings coming up underneath them hope to see that it is possible through organizations like UNCF and others who are really helping uh, 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 these students matriculate um, through college. And, and the other thing that we, we do that a lot of people don't understand, and I take pride in it, is really giving our donors a sense of pride and a feeling of making their dreams come true with the revenue uh, and with their gifts that right. they share as well. Uh, so it's, it's really a, a wonderful opportunity across the board. So when you... Um when you raise that money, let's just be, I just want to be more specific about where that, how does that money get used? How does it support historical black colleges and how does it specifically support the students? Do they get full scholarships, for example? Is it part scholarships? Is the, does the money go directly to the historical black colleges? How are you, you know, how are you supporting both the students and the colleges? So we can, our listeners can be clear about that. Well, we raise money across the board, as you've heard, Mm -hmm. to support our historically black colleges and universities. This is why UNCF was formed uh, 75 years ago, and we're celebrating that now. Um, uh, We were created to help pool money together for our HBCUs uh, so that they, one, most importantly, could help to keep uh, tuition low. Mm -hmm at their uh, institutions. You know, in today's world, you hear many people say, oh, uh, African-Americans can go to any school of their choice. Well, we we all know that that's not true um, because our students, you do open your doors, PWIs and other majority institutions for our students to matriculate to. However, Mm -hmm. um, they more than likely do not survive in those environments because a lot of them don't see uh, black and brown kids like them. Right. Uh, and the finances get so astronomical. So we help to promote our HBCUs. We give make certain that they get the unrestricted revenue that they need each year. Mm-hmm. And then in addition, uh, revenue from our donors are used to provide scholarships for students. We have over 400 uh, different scholarships that are set up on our website for mm-hmm. students to go through, go to and access so that they can see what scholarships that they qualify for. Right. And these scholarships are the scholarships that help them persist uh, to and through college. 
we have advocacy work that we do. Um, we keep our our pulse, if you will, on what's happening con- happening in Congress because it's so critical um, to know what is happening around in our country mm-hmm. uh, to keep our schools up to date as it relates to you know uh, Title III programs, Title IX, so on and so forth, so that um, our schools could uh, be advocates as well and in tune with what's happening uh, in Congress. So um, there's a lot of work that UNCF uh, does around this country to ensure that our HBCUs are successful. Uh, We have the Empower Me Tour that we do um, um, through uh, sponsors around the country as well to help bring parents, students, educators um, um, uh, in one place to talk about uh, UNCF, to talk about um, uh, the experience that they're about to embark upon, Mm -hmm. which is college. Uh, You know, we have to continue to educate our youth and to get them to understand that there's power in education. We know at UNCF that not everybody is going to go to college, but for those who desire to get a college education, UNCF stands ready to help. Um, And that's why it's so important for our, uh, our, our donors to understand that, you know, when you give to UNCF, you are truly, truly changing lives. And we encourage them, don't just give one time, but continue to give because we want to be able to have those students, not just as freshmen coming into our colleges, but when you continue to give, you're also giving to them uh, and keeping them uh, in college through their sophomore, junior, and senior years. Yeah, well, uh, it is so critical because the cost of education... um higher education here is is astronomical and so it also means that whilst they get an education it also means they leave without huge debts that's right they can start their life off and a working life off in a totally different way than that's right um to start off with huge debts is just like a, a massive burden on them and their families and and as you can see as you know many families make the choice not to go because of that because they can't even imagine what how they would get out of that so um it's it is a is prohibits people's participation so this is really absolutely really yeah yeah absolutely and i remember when i uh, uh went to college i did that i had uh, uh you know scholarships here and there i um had to work uh a couple of jobs. And that's the one thing that we're really trying to um, prevent if necessary so that our students really can focus on ed- on their education. You know, uh, everything is not equal and everything is not balanced with our um, students in college. And we know this because uh, uh, non-African Americans, for the most part, uh, you know, they have the the means and their parents have the money to get them to and through college and they could really hone in. And it's not for everybody, but for the majority, they mm-hmm. could really hone in and focus on education. Right. Whereas for, you know, our kids, uh, African-American students, many of them have to work, uh, whether it's through work study programs, which I don't even know if they still do those anymore, mm-hmm. but um, they still have to work two and three jobs. Some of them, uh, you know, untold stories um, that I've heard 
you know, from working in this environment, students living in their cars, right. Um, right. Um, you know, life is hard, don't have food to eat, are embarrassed to tell anybody right. that they don't have food to eat. So this is why it's so important for us as a people to wake up. Let's shake it, shake this, you know, systemic um, uh, yeah. off of us. And, and let's just work together to really change some things for our kids, our young people that are coming behind us. Let's give them an opportunity to be true leaders by educating them and ensuring that they get the education that they need and that our country need them to have. So we just encourage people to give and support um, you know, we got to get a, alumni giving up at our HBCUs, uh, at majority institutions, you know, people give, they, they give back. We have to, you know, uh, change that paradigm, shift that paradigm in our uh, community to say, you know, church is important, but education is even more important to make certain that we get people to uh, uh, give, alumni, give back to your institutions mm -hmm. and understanding that you're transforming a generation, and uh, we need that to happen. So whilst I hear you get uh, donors, what maybe major donors, and there's donors which are um, like former um, graduates, I'm wondering, do individuals like give smaller donations? Are there is there ways that they could do that? So if you have a listener who's like, I'd like to contribute something, is are there ways of doing that um, for your organisation too? Absolutely. And just so you know, uh, individual giving is the largest percentage of uh, giving there is in the country. Wow. There are a lot of individual donors who are out there. We've had several that have stepped up to the plate, um, you know, and, and given in a major way. Uh, to UNCF. One of our donors, I won't call his name, but uh, he has done an outstanding job in giving over, I want to say maybe $50 million in a short time frame. Wow. Africa, African-American gentleman who really gets it and understands um, the need to support an organization like UNCF. Mm -hmm. uh, to our donors who are out there who might be listening, please do your share, do your part, and support UNCF. You can go to our website at www.uncf.org mm -hmm. and um, you can give that way or you can contact, um, you know, any of us at any of the area offices that's on the website in your communities right where you are. Um, or you can contact our national headquarters that's listed also on the website. It's time. It is time for a change in giving in our African-American community. And I, I want to empower them and let them know every little bit helps. Every little bit uh, adds up. So although you might be sitting back thinking, well, I don't have a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars or a thousand dollars. I only have 500 or, you know, $50 or $100, whatever the dollar amount may be, know that you're making an impact. And there are ways that you can just give, you know, uh, monthly do, through payroll deduction okay. to support our organization. So we, we just encourage that. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm really pleased that there, there are multiple ways that people get involved. I think what I'll do is in the show notes, I'll have a link so that to the page where people can sign up to be donors and because I, I really believe too that we need to find ways to 
support young people or young black people That's right. um, in getting their education with, without incurring massive amounts of debt. <laughs> That's correct. That's it, correct, Shirley. So I want to turn our attention to you and um, your career and your um, your success. Mm-hmm. And I, first, I want to want to I want to explore with you. How would you define success? And are you there in your own estimation? I mean, I certainly think you're there. When anyone who's raising this kind of money each year, who's achieving what you're achieving each year, certainly feels like to me. You're successful, and that's why one of the reasons I was so interested in you being a guest on the show. But what about you? Where do you see yourself, and how would you define success? Well, thank you for that question, Shirley. Um, You know, success to me is um, really finding what matters most in life uh, and doing what I'm passionate about and also being financially stable. knowing that I'm making a difference in changing lives, knowing that I'm on a mission to help those in need, like our students and our HBCUs, and being able to help others motivates me, uh, and the success just drives me. Um, to me, success is, is it's like positioning yourself to help others. Um, and I'm also, success to me is my spiritual um, foundation that gives me the ability to wake up every morning to do this work. Um, the other thing is I like to win. Now, some people may think, <laughs> some people may think that that's a little shallow, but that's just me. I, I, all throughout my life, mm-hmm. I, um, I've taken great pride in making sure I was always on top of my game and winning, Uh, whether it was athletics, whether it was being in a drama club, Mm -hmm. whether it was cheerleading. These are all the things that I did and I did them well. Uh, And I'm not being braggadocious. I'm just saying that winning is important. It's in my DNA and it's my personality. Um, And that's not to say that I haven't had failures, but when I did, I learned from them and mastered the art of success by studying the details, gaining whatever knowledge I needed, and strategizing to be successful in life. You know, success is also ensuring that my employees and my colleagues are successful as well. Mm -hmm. It gives me great joy to see my employees growing, flourishing, and being successful. To me, if employees are successful, then I'm successful. Right. So it's, it's not just about me. It's about them as well. It's not just about me, but that's, that's how I can summarize what success means to me. Right. Well, I, you know, one of the things that I loved about what you were saying was how you um, said that you love to win. And then... <laughs> um, and there's no apology for that. And it isn't braggadocious at all. It's a strategy. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and, um, and that you, then you, and you learn from, from when you don't, when you're unsuccessful or when you, when you quote unquote fail, cause failing is part of the journey for me of success anyway. So, um, I'm curious about where did that thirst for winning come from? And if we look at our family and what, you know, some of the, our family messaging, when we're growing up, I'm curious whether that came from your family or is that, mm-hmm. do you know where that kind of thirst to win came from? Oh, oh, I'm trying to see where can I pinpoint it. Uh, I've always had the drive uh, to win. Um, I, 
you know, even from a young kid. So I guess it came from my mother and father instilling in me um, that I could do anything that I put my mind to. Um, you know, don't back down from it. If it's something you like, if it's something that you want to try, go after it. And so as a young kid, I always thought I could. Right. <laughs> um, and the only thing that could stop me would be me. Um, and, and, and so I've, I've always had that in me from a young kid. And that's why, you know, one of the, the things we always joke about sometimes with my, um, my, um, friends from high school and, and grade school was that I always did things a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those things was in high school, I was on the JV basketball team right. and was very, very good. I mean, you would look at, look at me now and you wouldn't even think, uh, even back then, you didn't play basketball. You were not good. I was, I was really a great basketball player uh, in high school and, and really thrived. But what, what I also did was I wanted to be a cheerleader. And okay. so people was like, well, how, you, how are you going to make that happen? But I did. I, I, I played JV basketball. I cheered for senior varsity. And then I ch- switched up, changed, went to shower real quick, and then did vice versa. Wow. And so <laughs> I, um, and again, that just came because I, I, it was something I wanted to do. And I didn't want to miss out on the opportunity of just playing basketball for years. I wanted to be a cheerleader. So right. in order to do that, I had to figure out how to do both. And Again, just having that 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 winning personality and that that zeal in life to really do what you you want to do, and mm-hmm. and that's something that, like I said, my mom uh, mostly really instilled in me, and I watched her growing up, and, and she really did it, you know. So there was evidence of it, uh, uh, her showing me that it could be done. Right. So she was a like a model for you in terms of how she lived her life. And then you kind of absolutely. My mother was an extraordinary woman, and um, she's the one who really motivated me and gave me my drive. I watched this woman, and may she continue to rest in heaven, work two to three jobs at a time to support her family. You know, she never complained, she worked hard, she never missed a day, and she enjoyed, she really enjoyed what she did. She was in the nursing industry. And, uh, you know, she really enjoyed helping people. And I watched her. My three siblings and I, we went to private schools. We participated in many extracurricular activities that required uniforms and accessories. And we never missed a beat. She taught me great work ethics. And I take that with me everywhere I go. So powerful, the messaging, the we get from our parents and our yes, mothers. It really is. It really is and it, mm-hmm. much it carries with us. So what do what has been your biggest challenge in your in your life or in your professional life? Well, one of my biggest challenges professionally I mean personally I would say and, and, and I know many people out there can relate to this is really having someone that you grow up with from childhood, um, throughout all of your years, and this person inspires you. They're your biggest cheerleader. They're the one that you talk to five and six times a day, sometimes about things that's important. Sometimes the things are not important, but it's just hearing their voice, and they are the inspiration 
that is given to you every day, every day, no matter if you succeed, no matter if you fail, they're the one that's just telling you, go, go, go. You can do, do, do. And having to lose that person to death. I, I got to tell you, for me, losing my mother, this woman, who just, I, I just don't know what else or how to describe her being to me and what that meant to me. That was my best friend. That was, even when I got married, my husband and I, uh, my mother was the type of person that everybody loved and she thought that she could help everybody. Right. I, my mother, <laughs> I would see her or get calls you know, your mother was picking up somebody at the bus stop. You know, I saw your mom, you know, she was giving money. I, I would get those kind of calls. That's right. just the way she was. Right. And when my husband and I got married, uh, you know, she just became a part of our marriage because she was funny. She was look. She would look after us. She would help us with our son. Um, you know, she was just that type of person. And to lose that for me. Uh, is, is, is just one of the, the biggest personal challenges that I've had to uh, endure ever. And every day, you know, every day uh, you just have to, it's always something around you that reminds you, whether it's a scent, a smell or whatever, you know, and some people say, oh, you'll get over it, you'll get over it. Yeah, from a, from a, from a visual standpoint, yeah, but from that heart, it's one of the hardest things I think that I've challenges for me and other people may not feel that way, but my mother was my best friend. She was my sister friend and my mother all at the same time. Now, as it relates to, um, a professional challenge, you know, I, I, I know I can't possibly be the only, uh, sister friend or a female that's out there that may have experienced this, but in the workplace, sometimes you're, labeled, if you will, as a bossy, bossy woman. Oh, she's so bossy. Oh, and, that, and that's really not the case. I think one of the things with me is that I, I try to be very direct with people because I don't want you to, you know, I want you to hear what I'm saying. And I want us to be on the same page of understanding what it is that needs to be accomplished. Um, you know, sometimes people uh, in leadership beat around the bush or don't want to be forthcoming. But that's not me because I think it's unfair to employees, um, you know, uh, to not let them know where they are professionally and where we need them to be. Um, I want to see people excel. So I'm not going to uh, flower things up. This is where you are. This is the goal. And in this type of environment, in a fundraising environment, you know, you got to come with it. There are students that are depending on us. Right. There are parents that are depending on us. There are HBCUs who've been around for a hundred or so years that are depending on us. We have to come through. We have to be successful. So I need you to know where you are. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, you know. And so that's, you know, sometimes certain people, and, and, and not all, because I have a great relationship with all of my employees. Mm -hmm. They understand it. They respect it and respect me and respect our relationship because they know I'm helping you to grow. I'm taking you from point A to point B and so on. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get there and we are going to get there together. And anyone working of have or have worked in this type of industry, 
understand that fundraising is a results-oriented environment. Yes. And either you have the skill set to do the work or you don't. And, and I guess my angst comes when people are not producing at the level that they should be, even after, you know, you have ample conversations, trainings and, and so on and so forth, because it can drain the rest of the staff and lower uh, their expectation mm -hmm. as a fundraiser and, and, and lower fundraising expectations. And we just can't do that because too many people uh, are depending on us as an organization and as individuals to uh, ensure that we are successful so that their daughters and sons can get the education that they need and so our HBCUs can continue to thrive in this difficult uh, environment. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. so sometimes when we have staff members who aren't, oh, it just they're not in the right place, you know, in, mm -hmm. terms, mm -hmm. of the, in terms of their, what they could be doing and and it can be it can be a supportive move to support someone to find what their rightful place is you know and absolutely absolutely they can really thrive in and that's in the beauty work. you're right yeah. Shirley you're right that is the beauty of it all uh helping people to find their perfect fit because uh there is a a, a place in this space and in its environment for people who are talented and have the skill sets that's needed, whether it's in major gifts, whether it's in individual giving, special events, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, it is there. And so just finding the right place to put them, you know, is significant. And that's what we, you know, take pride in doing as well. So then, we, um, you know, I appreciate you sharing about your mom as well. So thank you so much. Um, for that and uh you know i i you know my heart goes out to you i i lost my mom last year and uh it's oh been, i'm so sorry it's been, mm -hmm. i can you know i just feel you right as you're sharing that yes um, yes and i'm curious then it makes me curious about what your what more your most courageous moment has been um because that comes up for me you know around that time and the courage that it takes or it took for my mom watching her as well so What's, what's been your courageous moment in your life? A courageous moment is, um, I, I would have to say, just stepping out of, 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 of my banking career, mm -hmm. you know, because I thought that was it. You know, I had went up the totem pole uh, and, and was into management at banking. And I thought that that was going to be, you know, where I would live and, 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 and finish my career in banking, but being courageous enough to, 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 to step out of that arena and into fundraising, a space that I knew nothing about and to, um, you know, be very successful, uh, in that arena immediately upon, um, uh, leaving banking. Mm -hmm. To me, that was, that was being, uh, courageous. Uh, I didn't, I didn't anticipate it. I wasn't really looking for it. It sort of just happened. And immediately upon seeing it, I said, you know what, let me try, you know, uh, let me see if this is something that I might be interested in doing. And lo and behold, it turned out that to work for me. Uh, and if I wouldn't have taken that step into, you know, uh, uh, making a change, then I wouldn't have, I would have never known. So just being thinking out the box mm -hmm. about 
your talents because sometimes you could get boxed in, especially as women. You know, this is we think this is all I've been doing since I've left uh, high school or college. So I guess this is where I'm going to end up. But there's always more out there. And, you know, it's all up to you as an individual to determine your destiny. You know, uh, sometimes we get we saddle in. (laughs) <laughs> and you can't you can't just saddle in because there's more out there yes. for us. Yes. And, uh, you know, you, you just have to believe in yourself. That's the that's the thing that I, I want to make sure women the message that gets across to women who are out there. Believe in yourself. You can do anything, as my mother told me, anything that you want to, as long as you put your mind to it, mm-hmm. you know, believe it in your heart. Pray on it. And allow it to come to fruition because it will as long as you don't give up hope as long as you continue to have faith and as long as you believe in yourself and make it happen you know write it down put it on a piece of paper and carry it with you look at it periodically feel it and touch it and visualize yourself in your space and in the moment that you may have and say mm, this is going to be me this is what I'm going to be doing. This is the mm, that I want to do, whatever it is, right. and make it happen. It's so good. It's so good because it's the belief in yourself, the the trust in yourself, trusting that it will it can turn out, and or that's right. Trusting that if it doesn't turn out, you have what you all that you need to come out of it the other side, you know, because sometimes right. we do, we make a move and it's just like, oh, what, what, oops, I should have made this. It's like, that wasn't a good move. That's and right, that's right. Sometimes that happens, but. It's right, have, and that's okay. Yeah, that's okay, right? That's okay. Right, it's all part of the learning. I'm curious about, um, it's a couple more questions before we, we close, you know. What mm-hmm. other advice would you give to women out there who are striving to be successful in, in their work, in their field, what other, you know, so one is around the believing in yourself, pursuing your, the thing that you want. Um, is there any other advice that you would give? I, I, I would just say, trust your own voice. Cause sometimes you hear so many voices from so many different people, whether it be your spouse, whether it be your kids, whether it be um, your colleagues. Oh, you can't do this. Uh, oh, maybe you should go down this avenue. Uh, maybe you should try this. No, trust your own voice. Your own voice is telling you perhaps to start your own business. Right. Your own voice is telling you perhaps that you need to become the CEO. Your right. own voice is telling you that because you know why? Because internally and in your mind, you know that you can do it. Right. You know you have the credentials and the, the qualities and the skill set uh, to make it happen. But sometimes in life, you get so bogged down with doing what you've already started, you know, that you prevent yourself from uh, thinking out the box. And Mm -hmm. you hear that voice and you know uh, that you can. So you got to start to really trust that voice, your own voice, and listen and make it happen. So that's one thing that I would definitely definitely say, trust your own voice. That is so powerful. Like mm-hmm. in really being like, if we if we can quiet become quiet enough to hear it, that's right. To really pay attention, and sometimes that voice is speaking to us for quite a while before we listen. <laughs> <laughs> speaking that's from experience, right. sometimes that's you know, right. It's like, mm, 
And you got to be confident. I mean, right. you, you can't allow anyone to take you off your game plan. You know, it, you have to be clear and, and operate with purpose and, um, and, and, and be focused on what you're really trying to achieve, yeah. uh, you know, and, let, and, 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 and just let it flow and, and make it happen and follow your dreams. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, I am... Um... I think I'm going to end there. I think that's such a powerful message, you know. Um, I really want to thank you for being willing to come on the show, sharing your pieces of wisdom with us and sharing the power that um, the work that you're doing. Oh, actually, one thing before we go. I want you sure. to, I remember as I looked at the website, there's one particular person who you had in the fundraising in September this year who was particularly outstanding that we all love <laughs> can we just say who yes because i may i, I oh, mean yeah who is it who is this person who oprah winfrey i mean what a powerful woman uh a phenomenal woman she is and having to have met her uh for this short time period at our uh uncf uh women who lead luncheon you see she and maya angelo had a very personal and deep relationship, if you will. Mm -hmm. And Maya Angelou used to do uh, and speak, used to be our keynote speaker at our UNCF Women Who Lead Luncheon in Charlotte. And so when Oprah's friend Tina asked her to come and be our keynote um, uh, at our event uh, in September, Oprah didn't hesitate. She came. And she shared in such a powerful way about women and what we must do and how to tune in to, you know, the mm-hmm. things in life, kind of sort of the things that I just talked about, right. you know, believing in what in yourself and what you can do. So she gave a powerful message. But moreover, she also came and our goal was to raise a million dollars at that event. Mm-hmm. through the sponsorship and through uh, 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 people attending the event and giving uh, during the event. Mm-hmm. That happened. And before Amazing. Oprah left the stage, Oprah asked us, how do we make this the best luncheon ever? Uh, and I want to do that. So how much have we raised? So we gave her the goal, a $1.2 million. She said, well, let's just match that. I'll just match that. And this will, we'll call this the best luncheon ever. Wow. So we raised a total of $2.4 million. And, oh, my God, I, when I tell you the ballroom lit up, the women and all their fabulous hats came flying off <laughs> because... <laughs> The women who lead luncheon, you know, you wear your hats and your fancy dress attire. Oh, it was so powerful. Uh, Transforming lives. Um, That's what Miss Oprah does. And that's what she did for us at UNCF that day. Um, Transformed lives. um, Helped us transform many more lives. And we're just, uh, she's just a blessing. And we're so thankful that she thought enough about uh, uh, UNCF to and Maya Angelou and her friend Tina to come by and support our organization and support our HBCUs and our students and so we'll be good. forever better because of it. Yeah, that's so good. I was like, oh no, I gotta have you share this. This is so good. Thank you so much for sharing. You're that's welcome. So incredible and um, yeah, it's what a what a complete gift that is. And then it just also 
it really elevates what's possible now at the luncheon. You know what I mean? Like in the future, it just has this whole like shifts the system completely. I love, 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 love it. So thank you so much for sharing. And my, my Angelou's, uh, you know, so such a wonderful, she was such a wonderful woman. And since I was 18 years old, and all my listeners know, I, I keep going on about my Angelou because she had such a profound impact on me when I was at college. And I really discovered who she was at a whole new level and her readings were wow. so powerful. Well, so, yeah, I tell you, Oprah story. really shared. She opened up and just said how, you know, Oprah and her mother really didn't have, uh, everybody knows it, a, mm-hmm. a good relationship, right. you know. But Oprah shared with us, it was on her mother's deathbed that she went to uh, the hospital and saw her mother and um, told her mother it was okay, all is well. I'm blessed and uh, go, you know, it's, it's okay, go, right. you know. Right. And, and it was so chilling because she also shared that Maya Angelou was the one who filled that void, um, you know, and gave her all of the inspiration and and the power. And, you know, she was her cheerleader and telling her to just do all that you feel that you can do there. The sky is the limit. So, you know, and hearing Oprah say that, you know, it really gave truth to power Mm -hmm. and inspiration to Mm -hmm. other women to say, yes, we can. And, And yes, she did. Well, on that note, we're going to end the, um, our time together. Thank you so much, Therese. You're it's so been welcome. It's such a privilege to be with oh, you. Oh, wonderful. And, Same um, here. And have a I just don't even know what to have. I hope we stay connected in some way. But really, I really, hope really so. wonderful. Thank you so much. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. I completely loved Therese. I did. You know, the, her story around Oprah um, and what that tells us is about what's possible. And lift for me, what I got from that story is lifting the limits on our conversation of what's possible. When you enter into a goal, you, you never know what's going to come out the other end, you know, and now what that makes available that's inside of a, a, a space for Therese as someone who believes you can cause what you want in life. And you know what? She has to believe that because she has to generate millions of dollars a year in order to do her work. So she has to enter into her year being that it's possible to generate that kind of money, you know, in a way that lots of people don't enter into that. Our ability to really lift the lid on so many possibilities for us and that I believe like she does that we get a say in how that goes. So I'm interested to find out what you thought about this interview and what you're taking away from it. So please be in touch. You can contact me at um, Shirley McAlpine on my Instagram account. You can contact me through my website, shirleymcalpine.com forward slash contact me. And you can also find me on Facebook as she on the She's Got Drive Facebook page. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome or female band Blonde. The song is called Circles. Don't forget to rate and review the show. Until next time, go well and stay well. <laughs>